0: How are we doing? You can all hear me? <laughs> you can all hear me? Oh, I don't, that's... <laughs> It is good to connect with you today. Uh, what a privilege we have to be a part of the body of Christ, to be the church. Uh, this last week, I was uh, digging around uh, in my computer for a past project to email to my sister... And in doing so, I ended up taking a trip down memory lane as I looked through old files on my computer. I don't know about the rest of you, but for me, the files on my computer are a real... It's one of those projects that seems never-ending. It's just a mess. And as I was digging through, I just came across piles of unsorted missions trip pictures and, uh, and other youth events, many other memories of the years that I've had Uh, the privilege to run the senior youth program here at PV. And uh, it really gave me time to to reflect on this community, on this church, and and how much I value all of you. It also reminded me again of the importance of discipling the next generation. And and so before I jump uh, into this morning's message, I, I just wanted to publicly thank uh, our youth leaders for all their hard work uh, and for joining me and leading senior youth this past year. The constant curveballs of, of restrictions and, and moving to connect online, which, let's be honest, I know that the youth aren't huge fans of, unless, of course, they're gamers, and then they just do too much of that already. So, And, and all the rest could easily have have made you, uh, as leaders, throw in the towel, but, but you continue to persevere, and, and I just have been incredibly blessed to witness their humble serving hearts and their willingness to be examples and passionately care for the youth of our community. And so, uh, Kira, Joe and Esther and Dion, I I know that uh, you're serving out of a desire to follow Christ in obedience and not for public applause, but I just feel you deserve the recognition, and I just want to say thank you. And and although we haven't had a chance to do these big all-age youth events with the juniors in a long time, and so I haven't really had a chance to work with you in a while. I also feel it's very important to recognize Jake and Mary and Talyn and Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so much for the role you've played in the development of youth at PV. And I just want to ask all of you, um, all of us as the church, as you think about it, uh, to send words of encouragement or, or take some time to pray for each of our youth leaders and the youth in our community. I, I just look at the state of our world, the state of our media and our society, and it, and it is so evident how incredibly important it is that we build into our youth and disciple them in the ways of Jesus Christ. Um, and as a youth pastor, I know I'm biased, uh, but I really believe that we all need to do our part in raising the next generation. So... There's my little thank you, the little message before the message. So that goes out to all the youth leaders. Before I go any further, though, why don't you uh, bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you um, just in awe of who you are, God, this wonderful day. Um, There is so much evidence surrounding us, and sometimes we tune it out or Turn it into other words, and and God, just remind us again of who you are and how you are greater, how your Son, how Jesus, how salvation is greater. God, this morning as we close off the book of Hebrews, um, I pray that our hearts would be open to hear what you have to say to us through your word, and uh, God, I just pray that it would impact us, that we would be obedient, and that we would listen. God, thank you again for who you are and what you have done for us. God, continue to be evident to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so for the past number of weeks, we've been working through a series on the book of Hebrews, as I mentioned already, as you're aware of. And Pastor Jesse and and Pastor Darren have done just an excellent job of pointing us to all the ways in which the author of Hebrews shows that Jesus is Greater. We're going through the greater series. How, how Jesus is greater than the angels and the law, how he is greater than Moses and the promised land, how he's greater than the priests, greater, greater than Melchizedek, and, and how he's greater than the sacrificial system, and, and how he is the new covenant, the promise of salvation. And, and now, again, this, this was written, as we probably heard in the introduction from Jesse, to a, to a group of likely Jewish believers who were being persecuted. And starting to turn back toward their old ways and the author writes this letter in order to remind them of Jesus's greatness and in so doing call them to remain faithful and now we come to the last chapter of Hebrews and this morning I want to explore together with you how we are called to respond to this greatness What it looks like to live in the knowledge that Jesus is greater. And I'm going to break it into three simple ideas. You know, good, classic sermon, three-point sermon. We're going to say, love, follow, worship. Sounds like a cliche church slogan, truly, but that doesn't change the truth and the power of it. And I guess that's why church slogans are the way they are. It's just the truth. So let's let's dive into Hebrews chapter 13, which starts out by saying, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Now, I'm guessing if none of you had... Read chapter 13 or knew anything in advance, and and I'd taken a poll just based on, you know, this past series. If you could guess what the writer of Hebrews would call the listeners to in response to the greatness of Jesus, I'm quite certain for many of you, your first guess would be love. It, It just makes sense, right? The entire life and teaching of Jesus is all about love. After all this talk about the way of Jesus being greater, the only real response is love. So what does it mean for us to keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters? Uh, we had quite a bit of a different kind of week in our house this past week. Um, as many of you may have seen, my wife posted about it online, so you may already know that we got to experience a broken foot in our family, and, uh, which is certainly not ideal uh, and, and I just, I just want to clear something up. Uh, I, I believe Alyssa posted, uh, Post talked about the break happening as a result of, our, of the monkey bars we've built in our basement. But, but Aubrey actually cleared that up. Uh, we assumed it was from the monkey bars, but she confessed that it was actually as a result of jumping out of one of our basement windows. Which, which kind of makes us feel a little better as parents since, you know, it wasn't on a device that we had put up specifically for the kids to play on. So, you know, I, when Alyssa asked Aubrey, like, why didn't you say anything? She said, well, you were just telling everyone it was the monkey bars, and so I went along with it, so I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but nonetheless, certainly not a normal week. But, but anyway, there have been some really cute brotherly and sisterly love moments as a result of it. You know, our kids can fight with each other like the best of them, and, and we all know that no household is perfect But now, when one of our siblings is down, suddenly we're getting stuff for each other without asking or or helping our hurting sister up the stairs and and even sharing the fun of playing with the crutches. It's it's really all a pretty beautiful thing to see as a father. I don't know how your home life was growing up or how your relationship is now with your family. And, And so in some ways, perhaps these verses may not ring true in the same way for each of you, But to me, loving someone as a brother or loving someone as a sister means that you're there for each other no matter what. That you work things out and you solve the problems that you're facing together and that especially in hard times, you are the first to help and the first to sacrifice time and energy for your brother or sister. That is what the church is supposed to look like. And in fact, that was a major reason why the first church drew so much attention. When you see a community that cares so deeply for one another, that shares everything together and and lives in service of one another, the world takes notice. And And I have to say, I have felt it and I feel it at Pleasant Valley. Even during this time, I'm so glad to be part of a church family that steps up for each other. When someone is hurting, we respond. When someone is celebrating, we rejoice with them. Brothers and sisters, in view of the greatness of Jesus, let's keep on doing that. Let's keep on exemplifying and living in that love, that kind of brotherly, sisterly, family love. Building on this idea, the writer of Hebrews continues by encouraging hospitality And and I know for some of you right now, this is really difficult because you are such incredibly hospitable people and the current state of our province have made everything very different. And and that said, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to keep finding ways to use that gift. Keep finding ways to be hospitable to those who are visitors to our community. Keep being creative with how you can show welcome to someone who's newly moved to our community. The love that we show to one another and the hospitality we show to strangers all serve one purpose, to show people the greatness of Jesus, to show them that Jesus is greater, the difference that he has made in our lives. It all starts with how we love. Jumping ahead to verse 7, the writer of Hebrews continues saying this, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. And then, if we jump ahead to verse 17, again it says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. The writer urges the Hebrews to continue to follow. Our call in response to the knowledge that Jesus is greater is to follow. I find it interesting here how it says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. As I was preparing this message, this idea, the, the idea that we are to consider the outcome of our spiritual leaders' way of life, it really struck me. It got me thinking about who I choose to listen to and, and who I consider spiritual leaders in my life. When I think back and remember the men and women of faith who have been part of discipling me, and I look at where they are today, or the legacy that they left behind when they went to be with the Lord, it, it encourages me and it strengthens, strengthens me in my faith. Over the past couple of years, I've started to take my physical fitness and strength training more seriously, and, and, and it's interesting. When you get into going to the gym and, and, and training, everyone seems to have some sort of different idea or or opinion on fitness. You know, like have you ever tried this move? You know, oh yeah, that's a who that's a real solid full body movement or whatever. You know, I'm just making stuff up, but I remember chatting with one guy whose uh, whose opinion was that going to the gym wasn't the answer. He reasoned that there was too much risk involved, and so he wasn't going to do it. And he had all sorts of other ideas on fitness, though, and all sorts of ways that it should be done. And, and I don't recall exactly what they were, but this is also the same guy who's smoking a pack a day, and he's out of breath from walking up the stairs. Now, now, as I consider the outcome of his way of fitness. Do you think I'm going to follow his ideas? No. When it comes to fitness, I'm going to follow the lead of my friends who's been training for years and is the first one anyone calls when they need something heavy lifted, or my friend who's completed a Spartan trifecta. It's it's important that we consider the outcome of those who we are following. Now, I'm not saying that all church leaders always make the right decisions, and always end up doing the right thing. In fact, there are many, many terrible examples out there. And and church leaders who've done serious damage, and I truly believe God will judge them for that. And, And I think this is why the writer says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the ultimate example. The truth of his love and salvation does not change. And I also think this is why the writer immediately jumps to a warning not to get carried away by all kinds of strange teachings we live in a world today where it seems as though everything is up for debate and it seems as though nothing is true anymore new ideas seem to come up daily and many of these new answers leave god out of the picture and when i see this happening throughout the north american church and as people walk away into these new teachings, I just wonder, I just wonder, have they considered the outcome? I just wonder, what will be the outcome? In the end, where do these new paths lead? In the same way, I also see people take the words of the Bible and and twist them into ideas to serve their own agenda. This kind of teaching is destroying our neighbors to the south and creeping into our churches here as well. The Bible is being misused and misinterpreted into certain political ideology. As an example, many American evangelicals have developed this kind of me-first or us-first sort of theology. Too many Christians are so focused on patriotism and America first, deeming the role of the Christian to gain conventional political power. And now, all of a sudden, adoration of... And allegiance to country is part of Christianity. When the message of the Bible is clear that our allegiance should be to Jesus and to the cross. Brian Zonda, a pastor in the US, wrote When the kingdom of Christ is not perceived as a viable alternative to society, then competition for conventional political power seems the only option for influencing the world. That's that's what that's what we're facing right now where instead of showing people the greatness of Jesus we are moving to political power in order to influence the world. That's so wrong. That's exactly the opposite of what Hebrews is talking about. This idea of hospitality, selflessness and humility A- and the body of Christ is worldwide how with many different traditions and many different interpretations and, and how can we possibly think that there is only one perfectly right way and, and, and uh, sorry, one, only one perfectly and best way to get power in this world. It's just wrong. As Darren mentioned last Sunday, the way of Jesus is greater and it gives answers to so many of humanity's biggest problems. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we must continue to follow and not be carried away by all kinds of... Of strange teachings. I know verse 17 hits especially close to home for me as I seek to be faithful in leading our church's senior youth program. And I know for Pastor Jesse and Pastor Darren as well, it is a sobering thought to be the ones keeping watch for our church family. And so as you follow, again, and this is maybe ties in well to the beginning of the message, as you follow, please also pray for us as the author of Hebrew mentions in verse 18. So in response to the greatness of Jesus, we are called to love, we are called to follow, and finally, we are called to worship. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 to 16 says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You have to remember that the audience who received this message came out of the previous sacrificial system. That is what they understood and and knew, and, and as we mentioned, were tempted to go back to, to them in order to worship God, uh, a sacrifice had to be made. But now, given the understanding that the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient for all and for all time, the writer is calling them to a different kind of sacrifice, to a different kind of worship. The new sacrifice is not something they offer up once a day, but rather something that is continual. So what does it mean to offer up a continual sacrifice? sacrifice of praise. Let me tell you two contrasting ideas from my own life. Growing up, my sister and I did not always get along, as most. There were times when we were quite mean to each other. We would yell at each other or or call each other names. Here's the thing, though. In the heat of these battles, you can get pretty careless with your words. A while ago, my sister told me that words that I had said to her when we were kids were the reason that she has struggled feeling confident in her own singing voice. I felt so bad when I heard this. I I had no idea the power of my words. You know, we we embolden our kids with a little rhyme. You know, saying things like "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me," and you know that's not true. Words are incredibly powerful. Words can cut deeper to the places of you that can have this kind of, a la- kind of lasting effect. Words are so powerful that they can change the course of a life. They can, they can build up or, or they can tear down. In contrast, I have on numerous occasions sat down with my kids and reminded them how incredibly proud I am of who they are encouraging both them both in the ways that they are gifted and in the person that God has created them to be. And I try to do this often. I try to do this intentionally. When I see my children show kindness toward one another, I make sure they understand the value of that act or I bring it up as a sermon illustration because I know that words have the power to speak life or to bring death. What are the fruit? What is the fruit of your lips? A sacrifice of praise is so much more than singing songs on a Sunday. I used to think that song, we bring a sacrifice of praise, you know, like that's okay, now we're worshiping, right? No, in this passage, it's clear that worship is about how we live our lives every day and in every moment, it is continual. With the knowledge that Jesus is greater, we need to be asking ourselves, are the words that I am saying drawing people in toward him remember that one goal do they reflect who jesus is we need to remember that what people come to know about and understand about jesus often starts with the things that we say and the way that we live just as we consider the outcome of the way of life of spiritual leaders in our own lives we should also probably recognize that in some ways we are all spiritual leaders in others' lives as well. When the people you interact with, who are just learning about the ways of Jesus, see you and how you speak, how are they measuring the outcome of your faith? So, at your job, in your interaction with the server or the store clerk, when, when, when something doesn't go your way, are you continually bringing a sacrifice of praise? Do your lips openly profess his name? And then we continue, uh, for, for as we know, our words often become reality. And here the writer says, Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. We must strive to sacrifice our time and our stuff for the sake of our community, because that is what pleases our great God. Brothers and sisters, I know this may sound repetitive, but I feel we need to be reminded time and time again because we are such forgetful people. Are you living a life of worship in response to the knowledge that Jesus is greater? As we draw a close to this series on the book of Hebrews, recognizing that Jesus is greater, let us pursue love Let us follow our spiritual leaders and let us worship continually. Amen.